Welcome back to The Hum. This is the astrology forecast that takes you from new moon to new moon, and it is an accompaniment to The Hum and the Holler, which is the Abacus Corvus podcast that looks in more depth at all of the spells and images for every month of this year, 2021, and possibly beyond. So in this podcast, I'm giving you some uh, highlights and peaks of the astrology of the times that are kind of the scaffolding of what we as humans are collectively feeling, thinking, doing. Um, and the reason we call this podcast The Hum is because this is really like a weather check. It's like a temperature check, what's going on in the collective. So the astrological events that I mention might really impact you, might really not impact you personally, but they are floating through the collective. So there is this sense of, you know, when it's raining out, you might see more people with umbrellas. When certain things are happening astrologically, you might have more experiences of that theme. So I want to begin with the new moon in Aquarius. Uh, this happened on the 11th, and this new moon was a little crunchy. Um, there was a lot going on. To begin with, the Aquarius new moon happened during a time when there were also a lot of other uh, bodies in Aquarius, luminaries, planets, asteroids. So we had in total Moon, Sun, Lilith, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn all hanging out in Aquarius, which is quite a pileup, to use the technical term. And when there's a pileup like this in a certain sign, it is almost impossible to ignore the energy and needs of that sign. And so Aquarius energy is all about getting curious, creative, inventive, and intellectually engaged with any kind of collective project, plan, ambition, scheme for the future that feels aligned with liberation from the constrictions of the past. So that was a lot of words I just threw at you. The summary would be that Aquarius energy is about breaking ties with the norms, with the, the status quo, and insisting on revolutionary new ways of understanding what we're doing together, of connecting to one another, of creating a changed future. So change, technology, innovation, uh, futurity, speculation, and a fair amount of um, interest in what comes next. How can we make it different than the past is what we're getting with Aquarius with this hella walloping dose of Aquarius energy on this new moon. And even though you're getting this podcast a day late, this energy is still present. It will be present with us for some time. This is a very Aquarius year. This month is even more so. A few of the other things that were happening at the time of the new moon that help give us a portrait of what this month will feel like were um, Mars in a square, which is a challenging aspect, to Mercury retrograde. And if you know anything about Mercury retrograde, you know it is a time when our best laid plans go oft awry. And communication, deadlines, technology, all sorts of things can get a little screwy during a Mercury retrograde. When there is a Mars square at the same time, it gets extra irritating. Mars is our desire for forward momentum, to be active, to be aggressive, assertive, 
pushing our energy out into the world. And when there's a clash between that and Mercury, there's often just this feeling of irritation, frustration. I'm not doing the thing in the way I wanted to. I'm not saying it in the way that I wanted to. This isn't coming across right. I'm getting irritated with myself and others. And this particular aspect, I would like to blame personally for why I'm getting this out late to you. Um, I had every intention of recording this podcast earlier and releasing it on the day of the new moon. And instead, what ended up happening was that on my daily walk through the beautiful snowy neighborhood of Philadelphia, um, I lost my keys somewhere. They fell. They fell somewhere in the mile and a half that I walked um, into a snowbank, probably. And when I realized this, I had to go back and retrace my steps and look very carefully into every single shadowy uh, hole or crevasse in the snow that I could find that might have been keychain shaped, which included a lot of dog prints, a lot of squirrel prints, a lot of just of those sort of natural formations of air pockets in the ice. So that was a frustrating experience for me. And then it was in time when I gave up on the urgency of this deadline, um, it became a beautiful experience of paying very close attention to my surroundings and surrendering on a certain level to the inevitability of um, I'm going to be late with my responsibility, but for some reason, what I need to be doing right now is, is spending twice as much time outside looking at the snow. So that's what I did. That's why this is late. And for me, that story really encapsulates the energy of this new moon and of this month. Um, you might not do the things that you thought you wanted to do or that the world asked you to do in the ways at the times that you wanted to, but instead there are other experiences becoming available. And so in keeping with the theme of this month's spell, the hum and the holler, which is about listening, I feel like there was that experience of the holler, which was that Mars energy, do the thing, do the thing you're supposed to do. And the hum, which was that Mercury retrograde being like, or you must patiently retrace your steps and pay closer attention to where you have just been. So I'd like to acknowledge that this energy um, is at play in a lot of different ways and you might already be noticing it in your life. If you are coming up against similar frustrations, I encourage you to get curious through that Aquarius lens about what slowing down, retracing, rethinking, revising can bring you that might be more important, um, more generative than just pushing through. Also, on the day of the new moon, we had Venus and Jupiter exactly conjunct at 12 degrees of Aquarius. And Venus is our energy for love, connection, values. Um, it rules our artistic talent, our aesthetics, our sense of pleasure. And Jupiter is one of the great benefics. Jupiter is the cosmic cheerleader of the zodiac. Jupiter is the energy of, yes, this, yes, more of this. Oh yes, please, let's do this a lot. And so a Jupiter-Venus conjunction is a really beautiful time for getting some sweetness in your life, for relaxing into pleasure, for reconnecting romantically, reconnecting platonically, cuddling your dog, uh, taking a bath, 
writing an aria, anything that helps that feeling of um, joy, pleasure, sweetness, tenderness flow out into the world through you. Um, and this is an energy that is also kind of a hum underneath the harder, more tense and pressuring energies of this month. So I'm calling it out to remind you that it's available for you to lean into, but you might need to look for it. You might need to listen for it. One of the crunchier aspects that's happening on the 17th, it will be exact, is Saturn square Uranus. And if you follow my horoscopes, you've read about this already. If you follow any astrology, you know that this is kind of like the headliner of 2021. And this is the month when this is this aspect will become exact for the first of three times this year. So Saturn and Uranus, they're both slow-moving planets, and they both have a lot to do with how we interact with society, what our culture is. And Saturn is the holder of the status quo. So when we're looking at Saturn, we are looking at the old world, the traditional sense of things, what helps us feel secure, attached to tradition, stable, um, like we understand the world we're living in because we know the rules, we know how it's structured, we know how to play the game. And Uranus, alternately, is the energy of precarity, possibility, uprisings, rebellion, urgent change, as well as innovation and uh, the sort of genius aha breakthrough moments. So Saturn and Uranus together have pretty clashing energy. Saturn wants us to hold on to the new world and Uranus wants us to uh, break the windows of the old world and create a new one in the wreckage. So this Saturn square Uranus really speaks to a collective uh, tension between security and freedom, between the old and the new, between status quo and liberation. And I want to say that whatever political perspective you have, this will be at play for you. And it might not be as easy as aligning with either Saturn or Uranus. The Uranian energy is just as potent for those who are interested in racial justice and a society transformed by uh, respect and love. Um, it's just as potent there as it is for people who are interested in white supremacy and uh, revolution in the name of fascism. So this revolutionary energy is up pretty much uh, despite whatever belief system you might have. There, there is a sense of what are we trying to hold on to from the past and what are we trying to break from the past in order to bring in something new. So this month on the 17th, when this becomes exact, you might just notice personally or politically a stronger tension, a, a more visible clash, a louder holler of old world versus new world. And it's useful when things like this happen astrologically, it's useful during the first of these direct uh, hits, I call them, like a direct hit between square and uh, Saturn and Uranus, which means that the degrees of the square is exact. It's a zero degree orb of accuracy. They're exactly 90 degrees apart. Um, the first time this happens, it's useful to gather information. It's useful to think about um, what came up for me during this. What is it that gets triggered by this energy? Do my insecurities come up? Do my anxieties come up? What themes are at play for me on this day? 
and how do I respond to this energy? Because when this aspect comes back on June 14th, we will get another chance to work with it. And what we do, what we're noticing, what we're deciding, how we're changing our behavior or our beliefs between February 17th and June 14th will do a lot to affect us um, on that second pass so that we have an understanding of how do I balance these energies inside of me? Which one do I need to lean towards strongest maybe? Um, what do I do about the fear that this creates? What do I do about um, my attachment to things that might not be good for me or for other living beings? Um, all of this is coming up this year. So we have work to do between uh, the 17th and June 14th that will help that second pass feel more generative, feel more like an energy we can work with and less like something that's taking us by surprise. And then on the 18th, we have the sun moving into Pisces. So one less planet in Aquarius. That energy is dipping a little bit. And after so much Aquarius energy, which is fixed, it is uh, insistent, uh, fixed signs really are good at holding down their perspective. Here is the thing I believe in. Here is the path I believe we need to take. And I shall not swerve. And as the sun moves into a Pisces, there's just a little bit more flexibility, fluidity, uh, room for empathy, compassion, understanding, and it's a really good time to slow down on a different level. Mercury will still be in retrograde, so we're still advised to be slowing down just kind of in general, but Pisces is a sign that allows us to soften and heal. There's a turning inward that can be really restorative during this time, there's a turning toward intimacy, turning toward love. And one thing that's fascinating about the transition between Aquarius and Pisces is that Aquarius has the capacity to uh, imagine utopias, to have this visionary um, curiosity about the future, but it is inherently an intellectual one. It takes place in the realm of language, ideas, thought, words, how we talk about the things, how we name the things. And Pisces has a similar idealism, but it happens on the intuitive realm. It's less about here, here's the plan, here's the manifesto, and it's much more about I can feel myself longing for the more beautiful world. I can feel myself connected without words, without reason, um, to the things I love, to what I find most sacred in this world. So when the sun moves into Pisces is a good time to um, resist the capitalist pressures to be productive, to be competent, to know exactly what you're doing with your life, to be doing it really well, and to give yourself more experiences of deep relaxation, naps, pleasure, baths, whatever it is that helps you uh, release stress and feel that your animal body is loved and held by the world. And a few days later, February 21st, Mercury will station direct. So starting on the 22nd, really, the day that Mercury stations direct is not always the day we feel that forward rush, but on February 22nd, 
expect a little bit more clarity and forward momentum, it should be easier at that point to go for a walk without losing your goddamn keys to get your podcasts out on time, you know, just as an example. Um, and then on the 25th, we have Venus moving into Pisces. So teaming up with the sun and there's just more softening here, a, more of an opportunity to be gentle and loving in your relationships. This is a beautiful time to try to bury the hatchet with anybody that you're tired of holding a grudge against or that you want to um, experience a sense of communion with. Um, really beautiful time for just reaching out to anyone you love, honestly, with a stronger capacity for open-heartedness. For those of you out there who identify as empaths, sensitives, healers, people who kind of need strong boundaries uh, because there is an absorptive quality to how you interact with the world, when we got two planets in Pisces, you know, kick up those boundaries a little bit. Make sure that you're doing what you do on an energetic hygiene level to not let in all of the pain and need and stress of the world, including the people you love most. On the same day, February 25th, we have Mars making a trine to Pluto, which is a supportive aspect. It's harmonious, but Pluto, Pluto is not a cuddly influence. So Pluto always asks us to dig deep, to dive into whatever is hidden and buried in our subconscious and our bodies and our memories that is ready to release, essentially. It's a little bit like peeling off a band-aid, picking a scab. <laughs> Maybe picking a scab isn't the right way. Um, but, you know, letting, letting the dead skin slough off, let's say. Um, and Mars, when Mars makes a supportive aspect, there's energy for this activity. There is a motivation, directional energy. So um, on the same day that Venus moves into Pisces and we're available for this kind of soft, gentle, sweet energy, there's also this, this digger deeping. So find ways of being safe, of being held, of having the strong container if you're going to be doing any of that depth work, which might just mean um, don't talk to people that you don't really trust about what is truest in your heart. Don't go sharing your secrets with people who are going to uh, misuse them. Uh, do uh, use this time to have therapeutic experiences with people who are trustworthy, with people who can hold you. And then on March 4th, we have Mars moving into Gemini. And Mars has been in the sign of Taurus since January 6th. So almost this whole damn year so far, we've had Mars and Taurus. And Mars and Taurus has been a little bit of a brat. Um, Taurus is an energy that has a lot of force. It's also a fixed sign like Aquarius. We have Uranus, ruler of Aquarius, hanging out in Taurus right now. And Mars really, since it's entered Taurus, has been moving over Aquarius, squaring Saturn, squaring Jupiter, squaring all the damn planets in Aquarius. So there's been a lot of this kind of arm wrestling energy of um, really feeling a split between uh, one way of being, which is that Taurus way of slow, steady, reliable, calm, centered, grounded, and then the Aquarius way, which is far more um, 
like a lightning storm, far more like, let us revolutionize, let us break with the past, let us uh, bring in whatever cataclysm we need to bring in in order to have a better future. So Taurus doesn't love a cataclysm. Taurus wants slow, gradual change. So this stressor between Taurus and Aquarius has been with us all year so far, with Mars really activating a lot of it. And as Mars moves into Gemini, that tension is going to shift. It's going to fade a little bit. And Mars in Gemini is a time when our energy gets more curious, lighthearted, a little quicker. There's going to be less of a feeling of sludge uh, as Mars moves into Gemini. And then on the 11th, we have the Sun in Pisces moving right on top of Neptune in Pisces. And Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. It is the planet that helps break us open to communion with the infinite, that helps us access our longing for uh, the deepest dream of uh, beautiful connection. And Sun conjunct Neptune is a time that is really conducive to channeling inspiration, channeling empathy, deepening your compassion, deepening your spiritual practice, um, having um, having some time in which we're less outwardly focused and more tuned in to that hum, more tuned into the uh, subtler energies of the universe, whatever that means for you, which can be beautiful and honestly could also be kind of escapist. So when Sun is conjunct Neptune, just be aware of your tendency to maybe ignore your alarm clock and watch too much TV or smoke too much weed or whatever it is that helps you escape this reality. Um, you can go a little extra with it on this day. So on March 11th, um, make wise choices around how you want to be communing with beauty. And be aware that Neptune is also uh, responsible for certain kinds of disillusionment and anxiety. And when the sun is conjunct Neptune, it can be hard to do that kind of core reality testing that we need to make good decisions. So consider your energetic field just a little uh, murky and confusing on this day. So Neptune, sun, conjunction days are not the best time to be signing contracts, making major life decisions, having conversations with loved ones where you need a lot of clarity and a lot of uh, groundedness. But it's a brief influence. Um, it'll, it'll be, you know, three days, roughly, with 11th as the peak. You know, the 12th, you'll still sort of feel it. And by the 13th, it'll be gone. And the 13th brings us to the new moon in Pisces, which I will cover in more depth next month. So look for that podcast. Uh, hopefully, it will be out before the new moon next month. See how I do this time. Uh, and thank you for listening. Good luck out there. I'll talk to you next month. Bye. Bye.